0: it's really just such a great honor for me to be able to introduce first of all my friend Kim Hutchcroft and honey who is then going to introduce his daughter and so uh Kim and uh Hutchcroft family have been uh, our close friends for many years um my wife Kirsten actually babysat the speaker Heather and um and so and she actually babysat our children and so it's such an incredibly special day for me to share this with them. And Heather is absolutely brilliant and uh, just gave the best Mother's Day message I've ever heard. So her father, Kim Hutchcroft, is going to come here and introduce his daughter. Would you please welcome Kim Hutchcroft?
1: Well, thank you, Rod. Um, This is a wonderful church. This is the first time I've been to the Sanctuary Church, and it's amazing. Um, I have known Rod and Kirsten a long, long time, uh, as Rod said. Uh, I, we, we knew Kirsten before there was a rod anyway, and then we watched a rod come into kirsten 's life and ah it 's amazing um, and i 'm going to introduce my one of my daughters to you she 's your special guest speaker um, i uh, before I can introduce. My daughter, though, I have to introduce her mother, and she hasn't been introduced already, but this is the lovely and gracious and talented Honey Hatchcroft. <laughs> Honey Honey's the mother of three uh, daughters, and she gave birth to three beautiful baby girls, Harmony, Heather, and Hannah. And uh, together, they make my personal 4-H club, okay? And... Um, I've had people ask me, uh, who's your favorite? Who's your favorite daughter? My, my daughters will say the same thing. Come on, Dad. Who's your favorite? And that's an easy one. Harmony Star is my favorite oldest daughter. Heather Elizabeth is my favorite middle daughter. And Hana Leilani is my favorite youngest daughter. It's easy. So today I get to introduce one of my daughters, my middle daughter. And she has a story to tell you. Um, and the story, it starts with a yes She and her husband, her, um, uh, talented and, uh, awesome husband, Josh Avis, said yes to God in the midst of a set of circumstances. And that's, uh, what this story is about. What you're going to hear part and parcel of that today. And so, um, it's, it's my honor and pleasure to introduce to you my favorite middle daughter, Heather Elizabeth Avis.
2: Good morning, Sanctuary Church. Thank you, Dad. Um, I love my dad so much. And I'm just going to say Happy Mother's Day to my mom since I have a stage. Um, I am—every good part of my mothering is because of you. The bad parts all own, but every good (laughs) part—we're still refining those. Um, Every good thing I know about being a mom is because of you. So Happy Mother's Day, Mom. You're the best. All right, friends. So I have known Ron and Kirsten, I feel like maybe my whole life, although I know it hasn't been that long. It, it is true. Kirsten babysat me, um, and she was a very good babysitter. If you know Kirsten, then you are not surprised by that. And I remember being at their wedding. Um, my younger sister was a flower girl in their wedding, and then all three of their boys were ring bearers in our wedding. And I babysat the boys a lot. Um, I remember one time staying a week, like an overnight for a few nights with the boys, and and... Uh Jordan was still in a car seat. He was still pretty little. And I remember um his older two brothers would say, Jordan, you eat bugs. <laughs> and Jordan would go, I don't eat bugs. And, <laughs> and then sometimes we'd be driving and Jordan and he'd be in the car seat and just be like, I don't eat bugs. I don't eat bugs. Like just reminding himself that that's not true. I don't eat bugs. Sorry if that's embarrassing, guys. Um, <laughs> and my husband and I will, from time to time, all of a sudden be like, I don't eat bugs. I don't know, like it just stuck. It just stuck with us. It was such a joy to get to babysit the boys and to know their family for this many years. Um, it is an honor to be here. I was so excited when Rod invited me to come speak. It really feels like such a privilege and that we've just come full circle here and um, thankful for God aligning our lives like that. So thank you to the Collins family. You guys are the best. So I grew up in Crestline. Anyone, yes, to Rod and Christon. Um, I grew up in Crestline. Any Crestline folk here? Yeah, Crestline. My parents still live there um, in the house that I grew up in. And my husband and I met when we were very young, although we are still very young. Um, And we live in Monrovia now, but we had lived in Mentone. Any Mentonians here, right? Yeah, right down the street. We lived in Mintone for almost 10 years, then we moved to the L.A. area. We've been there for four years, and we'll be moving back to Redlands next month. So we're coming back. Yes, that's exciting. We are excited about that. Uh, This Mother's Day, I wanted to share with you um, the idea of immeasurably more. And I want to show you this picture of my family. So here they are, my sweet little family. My husband, Josh, as we've already mentioned. And we've been married 16 years this July. And I know we are way too young. Like there's no way I was, I was 14 when we got married. Just kidding. I wasn't, um, I was allowed to get married and this is our family. We were in New York city last month in April. And for those of you from California, it is freezing in New York city in the middle of April. It is not spring. It is the dead of winter. Uh, we were there with our three kids. It was our middle daughter, Trulie's seventh birthday. And we did New York city and it was a blast. We would do it again a hundred times. It was cold and fun. Um, these are our three kids, and I want to—I'll sh- share a little more about them. So, this is our eldest daughter, Mason. Mason is nine; she'll be ten on June 29th. Uh, Mason is a dancer, and she loves music. And she's a reader. And she's a really good friend. She gives the best compliments. Uh, she has Down syndrome, and she has changed my life for the better and forever. I'm so thankful for her. This is my middle daughter, Truly Star. Truly sitting in the front. Truly, wave your hand, say hey truly star is our star right truly is born to live in, up into live into her name um, she is a star truly is compassionate she's an incredible older sister and younger sister which is I'm a middle child so it is a difficult role to be both right all the middle children we got issues we know each other I see I see you uh, so truly, is my middle child. She is an incredible girl. She will stand on stages and change the world with her spirit and the things that God has given her. Um, then our son August is four. Sweet August Riker. I mean, look at his picture, you guys. What are we supposed to do? we're supposed to be about August. So August is the prince of the world, uh, also the prince of our home. And he's the baby. I don't know if there's any babies in this room either, if you are raising a baby. And all the things that people say about babies are true for our baby. He gets all all he wants. And, and if he's like throwing a fit on the ground, we're just like, that's a bummer. But oh, well, he's so cute. I mean, the things he gets away with, <laughs> my girls never got away with. They never will get away with it. And he continues to just get away with it. And my husband and I are often look at each other and say, we've got to do something about this. <laughs> but then we don't. Because I look at his face. What are we going to do? Like punish him? Be mad? I don't know. He's so perfect. Um, <laughs> and he knows it. He's an awesome guy. Awesome little guy. So this is our this is our family. And August is four. I'm four and a half years old. And my journey to this family, um, to this picture, was down a very bumpy path, Um And it was a path that I actually spent years and years trying to avoid. All three of my kids are adopted. And as you can see, my youngest and my eldest both have Down syndrome. This was never, ever the plan for my life, friends. Um, I'm not some holy person that set out on this path towards, I mean, whatever. People can assume that about me. But no, we went kicking and screaming um, with a lot of tears and a lot of brokenness. And like I said, trying to avoid it, trying to avoid what this picture is. Uh, My plan was to have a handful of kids, probably three still, through my womb and call it a day. That would be a blast. My mother and father were Bradley instructors, which is a birth style that is all natural. And so it would be a natural birth or my mother would maybe not speak to me again. I don't know. We'll never know because (laughs) I haven't had to do that. Um, But it is by God's good, good grace that the story I get to share with you didn't unfold the way that I had hoped it would unfold, but rather unfolded the way that he intended to it unfold, which was the best way that my story and my life could unfold. As I've been preparing to be here with you guys today, i just been thinking and being prayerful about what it is that God wants me to share and along with sharing my story, and he gave me a scripture to share with you. And before I do that, um, I would just like to take a minute to pray for us. So if you would please bow your heads and we'll pray. God, we thank you. Um, that you're in this place and for this time that we get to be together. We thank you so much for your love for us, for your grace that covers us and meets us wherever we're at right now, Lord. Um, I ask God that as you speak through me, Lord, may the words that come out of my mouth be yours. May the words that people hear in the depths of their hearts um, be exactly what it is that you needed to communicate to them today, God. May you meet every single person in every single seat in a new and fresh way. May you be known more in this place and may you receive all honor and glory in Jesus name. Amen. If you have a Bible, you can turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to be in verses 16 to 21 or open up your iPhone app, but don't check your Instagram and or you can look on the screen. Okay, Ephesians 3:16 to 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. As I read this scripture and prayed through it, there were three words, really three ideas that stood out that I wanted to share. And those three ideas are strengthen, grasp, and immeasurably more. So again, we're going to look at the ideas of strengthen, of grasp, and immeasurably more. Starting with strengthen, the scripture says, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit. And this verse really manifested itself in my life once I became a mom. The journey to motherhood, as I shared a tiny bit, and I'll share more now, it was really bumpy. Uh, My husband and I went through about four years of infertility, and infertility is nothing I would wish on anybody. It is It is lonely and frustrating and heartbreaking um, and a hopeless place to find oneself when you're hoping to grow your family. And so we were on this path towards infertility, and it's a very, very long story, friends. I actually wrote a whole book about this story. I'll give you a condensed version. And the book is here if you'd like to buy it, or you can just talk to me afterwards, and I'll fill you in on the details. And we found out we couldn't have kids, decided to do an adoption plan. Uh, we set out down this path of adoption towards a healthy infant. We went with a private agency because you have a little more control over the kind of child that you can create a plan for. And we wanted a healthy infant. And long, long, long story, um, our social worker presents us with a little girl who has Down syndrome. And when I heard those words, which was through an email. I was pretty upset. <laughs> I was frustrated. Like, God, no, because I couldn't unhear them. Um, I read an email that said, there's a little girl with Down syndrome in the agency. Hang in there. Kind of a thing. Like, let, uh, trying to find out where we were on our journey with the agency. And and God just did something in my heart instantly. And I talked to my husband about it, hoping he'd be like, that's crazy, and dismiss it. And he's like, well, let's pray about it. Thought, ah, that was not what I wanted to hear. I just wanted you to say, no, that's crazy. Let's move on. Um, and... Weeks of just being prayerful and pursuing what it was that God had for us um, led us to adopt this little girl. She came home on October. 28th, 2008. She was three months old. And in those few weeks from finding out about her to her actually coming home, we also found out that she had a congenital heart defect that would require open heart surgery. And she had an incurable lung disease that required her to be on oxygen 24-7 and take multiple medication. And so my husband and I, we don't have any kids, right? This is going to be our first kid. And we're in a situation where we can say no and wait for that baby that we Believed we'd wanted uh, the baby that we believed we needed, the path that we had set out towards. But by God's good, good grace, He kept nudging us closer and closer to this little girl, um, avoiding like our our hands and fists as we're like going kicking and screaming. <laughs> it's like, no, I got this. You got this. You got this. And we said yes to her and brought her home. Um, and Down syndrome at that point became a back burner issue. Like, who cares about Down syndrome? We now have this very sick little girl. She was she was medically fragile. And there we were doing this, raising a sick little girl, um, and it became our normal. And so it, it didn't feel hard, and it didn't feel challenging, because it was it was our normal. We didn't know anything else. She was our first. And on December 1st, 2008, Mason had been home for a little over a month, um, and we woke up that morning before the sun was up, and with the moon in the sky, we packed up our little girl, and we put her into our car, and we drove down to Loma Linda Children's Hospital, and we walked in to hand her over to a surgeon who would be performing open heart surgery on her. I mean, we've been parents for one month, y'all. So welcome to parenthood, right? Um, it's December 1st. So this is, we get there and, um, they, the day before they, the staff goes through and they transform the second floor waiting area into this beautiful Christmas magic land. And there were Christmas trees all over and we were the only people there. Mason was scheduled for the first surgery of the day. Um, and I, I, this picture is branded on my memory and on my heart because it was a moment where I had been this little girl's mom for a little more than a month. Um, and that desire that I had had to be a mom, that longing that I had had, she fulfilled that in me. And it took a second, right? It took a second for her to enter my arms and, in, and then enter my heart. And I was a mom. And it had been the best month maybe of my life being her mother. And I knew as I held her there... Um, Surrounded by Christmas trees, and I held her to my chest, her little broken heart beating alongside mine. I knew that that could be the last time. That this could be it. That all I maybe had was those thirty some days with this little girl, and that in moments I would be asked to hand her over to a surgeon to perform surgery on her heart. But she was a sick little girl. Um, I knew that that might be the only time that I. This might be it, right? Like this might be the last I get with her. And so, the nurses they call us back. Um, and we go back into the waiting room and the staff at Loma Linda is just the best of the best and they made the experience as good as it can be and we get her in her little gown and uh, the surgeon comes out, listens to her heart, asks if she's been sick, the whole thing and then he's like, alright, great, he goes back to get ready and then the anesthesiologist comes and asks the same questions and um, he's like, alright, we're ready. And I was expecting like a, like a big gurney or I don't know, I watch a lot of doctor shows, like something. And he just scooped her up and put, him over, put her over his shoulder and like walked away. And we hugged and kissed her. And and I just remember her little almond eyes like bobbing above his shoulder as he's walking away. And my husband and I just holding each other, weeping like, is this it? Is this the last time I see those sweet little eyes? We all know how the story ends because you've seen the picture. So that wasn't it. We, um, we end up she ends up doing doing really well through surgery. Uh, our surgeon was this incredible man who loves the Lord. And here's this is Mason on two days after her surgery. So not right after, but the next. Um, and this whole thing looks pretty freaky, right? Like this is a pretty intense picture. And the idea of your child, and maybe some of you have done this, and you have children who you have sent into the arms of anesthesiologists or maybe they rolled them out on a gurney um but you've had to hand your child over and for us with mason it was as soon as we became parents it was god saying you're gonna have to commit her to her life to me literally like you're you're gonna have to just hand her over and believe and trust that she is mine and the thing that we all need to do as parents and as humans with all the things in our hands that we should do automatically god you need to have this this is yours we were really forced into that place by god's grace And the thing about when you have a medically fragile child or you have a child who goes through surgery, um, it's one of those, like, you can't know what you don't know. So if you've never been through it, you don't really know how you're going to respond. And my husband and I had no idea how we would react to all of this. And I remember she was there for about four nights. And throughout that time, my husband and I spent most of the time at the hospital. But occasionally we would go home for a shower or for a quick nap or something. And I remember one time walking out of the hospital and thinking... Whoa, we're really good at this. Like thinking, we're doing a great job here. Like I, I mean, look at this picture and think I, it's only negative feelings that come up from that picture. And I didn't feel that way. I felt strong. I felt capable. I felt hopeful. Um, and I wasn't sure where all that was coming from. Like, yeah, we got this. We're doing, and we're doing great. And what, with Mason, because she'd only been home for a month, uh, her, she wasn't legally ours because we had, had not finalized her adoption. So. Her social worker, who happened to be the head of the adoption agency, um, she was the legal guardian for Macy. So the day of the surgery, her name was Deborah. Day of the surgery, after Josh and I are together crying, we walk out into the waiting room. The sun is now up, and there's Deborah. Um, Deborah had to be there in case something happened. She's she legally could sign papers if anything needed to happen. Josh and I couldn't do that. So Deborah's there, and Deborah was this woman. Um she ran an adoption agency. So all the things that she needed to be. She was full of grace and grit. She was a presence. She was beautiful and kind and tenderhearted and but she, and very spiritual, but she didn't know the Lord. She didn't love Jesus. And Deborah spent a lot of time with us there at the hospital um, in the waiting room. And I remember on that last day, as we were waiting for the doctors and nurses to get everything together so we can discharge Mason, right? We've made it through, we got thumbs up. She's going home. She's going to be okay. And Deborah and I were in the waiting room together. Deborah said to me, um, "You know, I've spent a lot of times in hospitals, and I've spent a lot of times with families in waiting rooms with babies, and I I've never experienced what I've experienced these last four days, and I can't quite pinpoint it. Do you know what I'm talking about?" I said, "I think I do, because I hadn't really processed through it." And I thought about how my husband and I had felt so strong and confident and hopeful through the whole thing. And I said, you know, Deborah, it's really been holy. Like, that's the word that I can think of. This has been a holy time. And she said, that's it. This has been a holy time. This feels sacred. And I've never experienced something like this before. And I was able to share with Deborah, you know, Deborah, the only reason that that feels this way is because we have not taken this on ourselves, um, that God has been our strength, that we've said, God, you have to have this. You have to be our strength. And I think that for us, and in, in that moment, and as we've gone about life, and I think for everyone in this room, there really is such a refreshing sense of relief when we allow God to be our strength. And that's what this verse is saying, right? That we need to we need to let go of our own strength and let the Spirit be our strength. And I'm wondering in this room, um, how many people entered in here on your own strength? That there's something happening in your life right now that is heavy and burdensome and terrifying. Um, something happening in your life right now that is overwhelming and that you're holding on your own. And I would urge you to remember that the Spirit of the Lord wants to be your strength in that place, that you're going to have to just let that go— And let the Spirit of the Lord come and be that strength. That's what he wants to do for you. That's what you need to let go of. And if there's something in your future even um, that you're anticipating is going to be difficult and challenging, to know that we aren't strong enough to do these things, right? My husband and I aren't strong enough to hand our daughter over to a surgeon for open heart surgery and walk through that whole process. Uh, But that God is. God is strong enough for that. And so I urge you today to ask yourself, will you let the Spirit of God be the only place that you will go for strength? the next concept I want to look at uh, is this word grasp, this idea grasp. And this scripture says, I really love this scripture, um, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. For so many years, friends, when I was hoping to be a mom. Uh, the only thing I could hold on to, and I held it with white knuckles, was how I thought that was going to happen. The only thing I could hold on to was my plan, my personal plan for parenthood. And as I held really tightly to that, there wasn't room for me to hold on to the love of God, not fully. Um, I couldn't grasp the heights and the depths and the widths of his love for me, because in my head, it looked one way— It meant that I was going to get pregnant and have a baby and then again and again. And that was that. And I was holding that idea so tight. I missed out on the love of God. I couldn't hold on to his love. And then there was the idea of a healthy infant. So once we were like, okay, adoption. And then I held that really tightly too. Um, the thing that's so, that I have found so reassuring about God in my life is his grace that just meets me every step. Right, Like I'm holding on to wanting to get pregnant, and then I hold on to a healthy infant. And he's just like, that's all right. You, you do you, girl. Take your time. Uh, and the whole time just like showering me in grace, like you'll get there. You'll get there. And knowing that as soon as I let go, um, I would be able to hold on to him. As soon as I let go, I could grasp the depths of his love for me. I have this memory um, in the middle of it all. So we had said yes to adoption. We had said yes to Down syndrome and then learning about Mason's health issues. And I sat outside in our little house in Mintone on the patio, like literally shaking my fist at God, just sobbing and just saying, God, this is so unfair. This is so unfair. This is, I, I said yes to adoption. I said yes to Down syndrome. And now this, how can you ask so much of me? And I was so angry. Um, there are so many Mother's Day friends that were really difficult for me. Um, I think we need to be so honest with ourselves in this room that Mother's Day is complicated. And while we want to wake up and just celebrate, that that's not most people's reality on this day. Mother's Day brings up a lot of feelings of loss, of what could have been, what should be, what was. I know for me, I sat for years in a chair on Mother's Day, just feeling my whole body clenched, just feeling broken, feeling alone, feeling isolated, feeling forgotten. Um, If that's you in this room, I see you. Right, we know you and we love you, and I'm sorry. And then if today I can't, I'm not. I can't talk and cry. Sorry. (laughs) And then today, um, it just brings up all the memories of a lost child or a lost mother, right? And so, if that's you, I'm sorry, and that's hard, and that might be something that you're holding really tight. And you know I don't blame you, and God's grace is gonna meet you wherever you are. It doesn't even matter that you can let go right now. But it is my hope that you can have a posture of open, open hands. Whatever it is God has for you, and if it, if you're in this room and it has nothing to do with parenthood, but there's that thing in your life, and it's a job or a relationship, or the hope of what, what you, where you are today is not where you thought you'd be or the terrifying thing coming up and you're holding it so tight, friends, if you're holding it this tight, then you're not going to be able to hold on to the immeasurable love that God has for you. And he's wanting you to just open up your fists, let go of the thing. And it doesn't mean that everything's okay. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that everything's automatically restored and that's okay. It's a process and it takes time and God's grace and love are there in that. But it is a posture of, okay, God, I'm missing out on your love for me, and I'm missing out on your fullness for my life because I'm holding on so tight to what I think that should look like. And so today, friends, I ask you all to loosen your grip on your plans and ideas for your life, to loosen your grip on your hopes and your dreams, to loosen your grip on the thing that you desire most, because the truth is God has immeasurably more for you the truth is that you're, you you are can't hold on to his love tightly if you're holding on to something else. And his love is deep and wide. It will meet you exactly where you're at. I love in this verse also that it talks about, um, it says his love for you, his working out of his plan and his glory, it surpasses knowledge. And for me, I had an idea, right? Like I've said, this idea of what it looks like. So beyond what I wanted, beyond my desires, it, in my vast knowledge, that it would look a certain way, that life should be a certain way. And we just don't know, friends. We don't know a whole lot. No one in this room does. Um, And God's plans and his love for us, that it surpasses even what we can wrap our minds around, that it goes way above and beyond. That God's good love, um, its just he's just waiting for you to hold on to it. And I knew that I thought there was one way to get from point A to point B, and I knew adopting a child with serious health issues was completely foolish. But what I've discovered is that God's love for me surpasses all that. Um, God's love for you surpasses all that. And so today, friends, ask yourself again, what do you need to loosen your grasp on in order to hold on tightly to the love of God? The next idea I want to talk about, this is our last one, uh, is this idea of immeasurably more... Um, says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Um, the Message Bible, I love how this sounds because um, I'm a little bit, I can be a little sassy, if you know me well, and I think this sounds sassy, so I like it. <laughs> I like that it. it says, God can do anything, you know. I feel like it's God being like, I can do anything, uh, God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. I think about my 24-year-old self sitting on my patio in Mintone, shaking my fist at God, and I want to go back to her, right? I want to go back to her, and I want to shake her shoulders and say, girl, God can do anything, you know, anything far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He can do it. I feel like there's some people in this room who need some good, a good shoulder shake in a sassy Bible verse today. Um, and if that's you, wherever you find yourself, like high school student, you're going to graduate high school. You're going to college. This is a scary time. We're going to shake your shoulders a little bit and say, Hey, student, God can do anything. You know, he can do anything far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams or somebody in this room who's in a relationship that's broken and failing. Maybe it's a marriage. Maybe it's with a family member. Or, or another loved one, and you're feeling hopeless, right? Like, let's do a little shoulder shake here, friends. God can do anything, anything, you know? He can do anything, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. Or someone today who feels like, yeah, I've, I've lived my life. The best is behind me, you know? Like, here we are. It's, it's just just waking up every day doing whatever, feeling maybe a, bit, a sense of hopelessness, Um that is just starting today, right? We have today, and today, friends, God can do anything. You know, He can do far more than you could ever imagine, or guess, or request. In your very wildest dreams. For me, guys, um, my immeasurably more now has a face and a picture, and this is this is my immeasurably more, friends. I mean, this is Mason, our daughter. This was one of our maybe my second Mother's Day with her. Um, look at that chubby love, and then. Truly Star, the day she came home and the day Mason became a big sister. I'm starting to cry. That's why I'm being quiet. And then August Riker. um, We had come to grips with adoption, and oftentimes getting to know your child before they're born is not something you get in adoption. It it can happen. I let go of that. I had let go of that. I had let go of ever knowing my children in their womb um, or meeting them the day they were born. And and August birth mother reaches out to us while she's still pregnant. And all of a sudden, we're in doctor's offices, and we get to hear his heartbeat in utero. And granted, he had a heart defect, so it was always with a cardiologist, and it was heavy. But it was special, and we got to hear his sweet little broken heart in utero. And I didn't know I was going to get that, guys. That was my immeasurably more. And then the day he was born— This is hours after he was born. We got to walk into this hospital room and hold him and know him from the beginning. And then we got to know his birth mother and we got to walk with her and learn how to love in a new way. And that there was more in me, immeasurably more than I thought was there. This, take a breath, hold on. (laughs) So, this is my immeasurably more, right here in this picture. Everything I was trying to avoid, friends, because I just didn't know. And God's good grace was saying, Heather, just keep taking a step forward, loosen your grip, lean on me for strength. Let me show you the immeasurably more I have for your life. And I know that this isn't everybody's story, but I know that everyone in this room has a story. Um, you're in the midst of a story, or a story is to come. And as you move forward, and today as you leave this place, I just urge you, friends, to ask yourself what it is you're holding on to, and to and to let go of that so that you can hold on to God. Um, to ask yourself where are you going to strength for your strength, and then to go just to where the only place where you should find your strength ever, and allow God, the Spirit of God, to be that for you. And to just remember that, that, you, that you can never wrap your mind around the measurably more God has for you, that it's there, uh, maybe waiting to be discovered or it's yet to come. But there's no way that you can know it or understand it. And as as we leave this place, um, or as you're sitting there, that you and you're asking yourself, what are you needing today? What is the thing you're holding tight to? And and as we're praying for something, for me, I was prayed for years, Lord, give. let me get pregnant, let me get pregnant. And if we changed our prayers to God, please give me fill in the blank. To God, I want a heart that beats like yours. God, I want your plan, no matter what, no matter what, no matter what. And so let's let go of what it is that we think is best for our lives. And I want everyone to just hold that thing in your hands, and you're going to do this. I hate when people make me do things in church by making you do it my husband knows this about me and the thing in your hand that you're holding on to tightly um the thing that you've been gripping for so long or maybe just this morning you started to hold on tightly and that you will let it go guys open your hands in this posture of letting go of the things that you're you're gripping tightly so that so that you can hold on to god's love more tightly so that you can accept the measurably more that he has for you i'm going to pray for us Father God, we're so thankful that you're in this place, and we're so thankful that you are our strength, and that your love for us is deep and wide, that we can never understand the heights and the depths of that love that you have for us, Lord. God, we thank you that no matter where we're at today, whatever it is that's happening in our hearts and in our lives, that your grace meets us, um, that it is actually you who gives us the strength to allow you to be our strength, and you are the one who gives us the grace to let go of the thing that we're gripping instead of you. And God, as we leave this place today, as mothers um, and as fathers and as aunts, Lord, as pseudo-moms, God, um, as grandmothers, as mothers who have experienced loss and all the women who have yet to be a mom, that we walk out the door today, Lord, holding tightly to what it is that you have for our lives, no matter what, no matter what no matter what. Amen. Thank you.
0: Heather, um, I want to thank you. I told somebody after the first service, they said, hey, we heard church was really good. I said, that was the best Mother's Day message I've ever heard in my life. And I mean that. That was the best message I've ever heard in my life. It was, it was awesome. Hey, if you could bow your heads with me for just a moment. Um, Father, thank you for immeasurably more, that you are the God that can do immeasurably more in each of our lives if we would just give up our hopes and dreams. And Lord, uh, just release it to you. We pray that you would strengthen us and we would not grasp onto things that would keep us from your best. And so thank you, Lord, for Heather's message and for speaking to us. And so, Lord, we just want to pray for all the the new moms here that need your strength to navigate their way. We pray for the the moms that are just battling in the trenches that just really need uh, uh, your strength. And uh, when they're exhausted, that the, you would bring the next energy to take the next step. We pray for those that are just, as Heather talked about, are waiting and wanting to become mothers and during a season just filled with tears and they would be able to hang on to you and hang on to hope. And you would comfort them during years of singleness, infertility, and loss, Lord, that may the desires of their heart be met by you. And Lord, for single moms that you would sustain and empower and you would help them, Lord, during times of despair, discouragement. And Lord, may you give them grace to hold up during daunting times. And Lord, for working mothers who struggle to balance the task of work and family, we pray that you give them your wisdom and Lord, for foster moms and adoptive moms, we thank you for them, that they express every day what you have done for us in adopting us. And Lord, for those moms whose children have wandered, God, may you renew their trust in you. And Lord, for every new and unknown turn, may your grace intersect with that journey. And Lord, finally, for those that grieve, we pray that uh, when their loss seems overwhelming, that you would comfort them with your presence. And as... uh, We heard that you are a holy God, that you breathe new life and to be able to hold on to you. So, Father, bless the moms, the grandmothers and great-grandmothers who have a sense of purpose, Lord, and renewed uh, awareness of a legacy that they are leaving for generations to come. We pray you bless them. In Jesus' name, amen.